anybody can start from now and have a brand new end. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today we have part two of John Maxwell's message about what every child needs. It's a great message. Here's John. My father would continually speak into my life and say, John, God has incredible plans for you. I want to live long enough to watch them happen. And when I was in the seventh grade, he, he took me to meet Norman Vincent Peale, who was his mentor. And I met him in the seventh grade at Veterans Memorial Auditorium and spent some time with him. And I can still remember walking down the steps and hearing my father say, son, you could be just like him. You could just be just, just like him. And when I was a freshman meeting E. Stanley Jones, my father arranged a meeting after he spoke that day, that incredible missionary to India that was a great friend of Gandhi's and, and, and just did an amazing, amazing work. And my father had us meet afterwards and had him lay hands over me and, and pray for being over me. I, I just knew I was special. Now, I just, I just, want, I just want to stop here because... I want you to know that I won the parent lottery contest. You, you with me? So I, you got, we got, I got to stop here because we're, we're, I've gone far enough about good parenting and all this stuff. And, and we're, going to, we're all get, going to get a little uncomfortable if I continue. I, I, I want you to know that I just I didn't do anything. I, hey, I just got born, okay? I didn't do any picking. But what I really want you to know is that my father, who did all those things for me, had none of those things as a child himself. My father broke the chain. He broke the chain. And I say that to you because um, none of us can measure up. When we compare ourselves to incredible people, and yet, I'm hoping that this message will help you break the chain. Because what the Father did to Jesus and for Jesus by saying those three things in front of other people, every one of you and I can do this. This is not beyond us. Every one of us can look at our, our children and say you're special and, and, and that I unconditionally love you. And, 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 and we can say you belong to me. We, every one of us can do this. Is not, this is not beyond us. But, but for many of us, it means we have to, to break the chain. And as I was thinking about today and as I was praying over you, the main thing I was praying for more than anything else is, oh God, may there be thousands of people this weekend, break the chain. May there be thousands of people who, who say to themselves, I'll be the first one. You see, though you cannot go back and make a brand new start, my end, my friend, anybody can start from now and make a brand new end. And you can, and I want you to know that. I, I, I you know, I wrote a book. I, I, I've read a lot of books. And And, and what's so funny, and you're going to love it, there's only two books I ever wrote that are they're out of print. I mean, the rest of them are still in print. I, I can't even fathom it, but they are. But one of the books I wrote that's out of print is, is called Breakthrough Parenting. And nobody wanted to buy it from me. <laughs> I just said, 
And, and, and you know, and as I look at the book, I, I understand now why. But I can still remember going to my publisher because they're the ones that picked the name. They said Breakthrough Parenting. And, and first of all, this is stupid, stupid, stupid. We wrote the book when our kids were teenagers. <laughs> Some things just shouldn't happen because you're stupid. Do you know that? <laughs> and, and, and while we're writing this book with all these incredible breakthrough principles, we weren't having any breakthroughs. <laughs> so I called the publisher. I said, I, I, I would like to change the title of the the book. He said, well, what do you want to change it to? I said, break down parenting. <laughs> How about break up parenting? I, I got a whole bunch of breaks, but they're not the break that you're looking for in this book. Some of us kind of feel like Mark Twain who said he spent a large sum of money to trace his family tree and then spent twice as much trying to keep it a secret. <laughs> it was like the it was like the family that reportedly wanted their, its history written up, so they hired a professional biographer to do this, but they were worried about how the document would handle the family's black sheep, Uncle George, who had been executed in the electric chair for murder. No problem, said the biographer. I'll just say that Uncle George occupied a chair of applied electronics <laughs> at an important government institution. He was attached to his position by the strongest of ties <laughs> and his death came as a real shock. <laughs> You're a little slow, but I'll wait. So as a father, I try to do this for my children. Margaret and I worked hard to, to give them a sense of belonging. Both of our children are adopted. And we had a large church while we were doing the process of adopting Elizabeth and, um, and we didn't want anybody to know. So we didn't tell anybody until literally we got her. She was an abandoned child. It took about 11 months, almost a year to get her. And, and so finally the day came, but the day that it came in the bulletin, Margaret had done a beautiful job on adoptions, which seem especially significant to us. And in the bulletin, it talked about Moses, who was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. And Esther, who was adopted by Uncle Mordecai. Jesus, who was adopted by Joseph. And we as Christians, believers, adopted by God. And then Sarah Elizabeth Maxwell, adopted by us. And every year on December 4th, we'd have an adoption day and we just try to help these, our two children understand how special they were, that, 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 they, they, that they belonged. We tried to give them a security of love, unconditional love. I can still remember, um, I was at a pastor's conference. I heard a pastor, well-known pastor, talk about the fact that he had never missed his son's basketball games. And in his last season of his son, he had an opportunity to go to the White House and have a dinner with the president. He had a personal invitation. And so he sat down with his son. He said, Dad, go, go, go. I mean, who gets to have dinner with the president? Go. And, 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 and so the father decided to do this and went to the airport ready to get on the plane. And all of a sudden he thought, boy, my, my son's going to play ball in about an hour. And I've, I've really never missed a game. He didn't get on that plane. He just went back, got in his car and went to his high school kids game and watched his son play. And, and as a parent, as a father, I was very convicted. 
And I was convicted because I didn't think I would have done that as a dad. And I'll have to say for about three months, this really bothered me. I, I kept thinking, ah, I, I think I had to go into the White House. Little did I know, I, it was during the time of Promise Keepers, and I was one of the speakers doing the Promise Keeper stuff. And they were getting ready for the big million men deal that was going to be in Washington, D.C., and there were six of us that were going to speak, and I was one of them, and they invited to speak at that huge event in the mall. And, and the, the issue was that we all had to go to Colorado, uh, Denver, for a couple days as the speakers to talk about what we're going to do, pray together, and really get ready for this assignment. And so I landed in Denver and, and getting ready to go to the meeting, and, and I called Margaret, and, and she, she said, uh, John, just pray for Joel. He's not having a good day. So I talked to her for a few moments, and I could tell he was having a very, very difficult time. And I'll never forget, I just said, you know what, um, I, I'm going to come back home. She said, no, 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 get to the meeting. You've got to go to the meeting. You, if you don't go to the meeting, you can't speak in D.C. I said, no, no, I'm coming home. Jumped on the plane, went back to Atlanta, and spent the two days I'd been in Denver. I spent them with Joel, and we just had a, had a good time. We just... We talked and we just, we just spent time together and, and he knew, he knew that, that I had left that meeting and he knew, he said, well, dad, you, you can't speak in DC and that's okay, son. This, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Little did I know that coach Mack went to those other speakers and, and said, you know, John didn't come. He, he's got to, he wanted, needed to spend some time with his boy. And Max Lakeda, I'm never, Max Lakeda looked and said, well, look, we all should probably be at home with our kids. And he said, so they decided to let me go ahead and speak, even though I wasn't in the meeting. And so Coach Mack, of course, I didn't know this, came to Atlanta, flew all the way to Atlanta for lunch. He said, I've got exciting news for you. He told me the story. He said, you can speak. You, you can speak in the moment. We're, it's good. We got your place. We already got the assignment set up. And, and he was so happy. And I'm, I'm listening to him. And when he's finished, I, I looked at him and said, Coach, I, I can't do that. And he said, why not? I said, because... My son, um, my son knows what I gave up for him. And if I take it back now, he won't feel the love that he needs to feel from me. And so I'm not going to speak. I said, now I'm going to go. And sure enough, took my son along, my son. And we went there and we stood in the mall with a million people. And we worshiped the Lord and had a, had a, had a tremendous day. But if you'd talk to my son today, it, it marked his life. Now, I, I want to stop here for a moment because I'm uncomfortable with that story. Because it makes me look better than I am. And I don't like stories that make me look better than I am. So just please understand, I told you the only one good father story I've got. Okay? The rest of them I was just terrible, okay? Do you understand? It makes me feel more comfortable. Because, but, but, but. But, but, but what he, he was marked that day because he knew that he was special. That was John Maxwell, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under John Maxwell, What Every Child Needs. You can also find out more information about John at his website, johnmaxwell.com. Hope you have an amazing day, and I will see you tomorrow. God bless. 